guys, welcome to episode 23 of the Atlas Podcast. My name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at FanBolt.com. My name is Jakai Mickelson. I'm uh, the Creative Director at Atlanta Movie Tours. And we have a pretty awesome show today. Most notably, Jakai is back in the closet. So we have to mention that. <laughs> no, I'm totally back in the closet, and I have never been so excited to be in a closet as I am right now. <laughs> well, we definitely want to um, catch up on everything that has been happening with you and your your little guy. Um, and then, of course, we're going to talk Dragon Con, awesomeness, and we have a couple of interviews from Dragon Con, um, Alan Tudyk and uh, Media Relations Director Dan Carroll. And then we just have uh, some some fun stuff coming up we want to talk about. So let's get started with you. (laughs) Dude, I I hate to be the... First of all, there's no way uh, my situation should be the headliner after Dragon Con, (laughs) which literally... Which is a word that is very overused, but uh, nothing that I had nothing to do with that at all this last weekend, yet still it was a freaking spectacular weekend. So, I I did not. You know what's funny is I don't know how to say his last name. But you know, totally know how to say his last name. Alan, what's his last name? Tudyk. Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Yeah. See, it looks way more intimidating than that. Tudyk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I when I saw you post that picture on Facebook, I it was probably of all the cool stuff I've seen you do. You know, as as your co-host, that was like my biggest moment of like curses. Emma, you lucky, lucky lady, you. Because, dude, I love that guy. That guy is... He's Anyways. awesome. I've, yeah. I've loved him for for so long. Um, and when I walked in, or I guess rather when he walked into uh, the, the media party on last Thursday night, and of course I'm having my little fangirl moment, but I'm trying to be cool, you know, because right. you, you can't just like run up to him or whatever, so I'm just playing it cool or whatever. And I go up and, and I'm having a conversation with Dan, and Dan's like, well, have you met Alan? And I was like, no, I haven't met Alan. And then Dan introduces me to Alan. And um, then Alan's like, well, do you want to do an interview? View right now and I was like okay cool um like totally not prepared for it but oh, I was man. like I got this I got this I, oh. I know enough about this man that I can <laughs> we can wing this um so He's, yeah I realize I'm really messing up the flow of this entire thing, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back to it. But he is seriously like I feel like as an actor, he should be a much bigger deal because he has had such to me like such amazing non like other performances and way different kinds of movies, way different kinds of stuff that I'm like, why is this guy not a household name? So, yeah, I mean, I, he kind of he is in the geek community, right? Obviously, because of Firefly and everything. Firefly, definitely. Yeah. Um, but, but I yeah. think it's it's something if you see his face, you realize you know who he is. Um, yeah, totally. But a lot of people may not may not recognize the name. I've loved him since the first time I remember seeing him was in A Knight's Tale. Um, totally. Yeah. Totally. And I loved his character in that, and I've been a fan of that ever since. And that was, uh, I think that was 2001-ish. That oh. sounds right. It's funny. You, we're, we're totally 100% on the same page. When he gets all angry and he's going off about so much pain, it was just... The ensemble cast of that is one of my all-time favorites. I love that movie. That's a feel-good movie. It You're is a feel-good like movie. movie. Definitely yeah. is. Um, yeah. But yeah, so we have an interview with Alan coming a little bit later in the show. So consider all of that the most epic tease you've <laughs> ever experienced as a listener of a podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, Dragon Con was amazing. Uh, what was really funny, uh, I had costumes for each day. On Friday, I went as Eleven from Stranger Things, and there was a big uh, cosplay meetup with just, I, I guess there's probably maybe 40. I'm really bad at estimating numbers and 26,000 people yeah. 26,000 like, it was a, a pretty good turnout um there's a picture um on my instagram and my facebook of the the whole crowd that turned up for this photo shoot but there were far more people uh at the convention in general in costume as a stranger things character than actually showed up at the meetup but what was <laughs> really fun about it is apparently, uh, you know, there's the, the term crossplay when, you know, a guy will dress as a girl character or a girl will dress as a guy character. And Eleven seemed to be the most popular guy's costume this oh, year. Oh, of course. It's and a bald-headed yeah, lady. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, it was so cool to see that. And there was a lot of girl Dustins, which was pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but the guys, I just got a kick out of the guys. And uh, Candace, who's our MC for Project Cosplay, her husband, Christopher, um, was one of the 11 cosplayers and which is hilarious because the, the dude's like six foot three and yeah. just like, you know, 11's this cute little petite thing. And he's just, he's a, a giant six foot three, six foot four. And, um, when I walked up, I had no idea that him and Candace were going to be there. And I see them. And of course, Candace was dressed up as, um, Joyce. And it was just, uh, it was so great, but that was super cool. And what was even cooler is after that, we all went to the uh, Stranger Things fan panel together and they said it was the biggest turnout for a fan panel that they had ever seen. And it was, you know, fan panels don't have any cast on it. They generally just have, you know, maybe someone that has some sort of relation to the show, like maybe right. worked on it or, you know, is considered an expert in, in that fandom. Um, but the line was, it weaved around inside the Hyatt, or excuse me, inside the Sheridan, and then um, weaved outside and then around the building. And this was for a fan panel, and wow. they had to cut it off. And so I'm not sure how many people didn't make it in, but that was pretty impressive and not something anyone expected to see uh, for for this show, which, I mean, I wasn't surprised because it's such a huge deal for Netflix now. But um, we took this picture, this selfie, um, when we were waiting for the panel to start. And it was me and my friend uh, Sunshine, who was dressed as Joyce Byers. And then um, we had a barb in it. And the, the best part of all of this is we had a hopper. And um, the guy who plays Hopper, David Harbour, actually saw the tweet and retweeted my tweet saying Harper found Bob or Barb take that internet and <laughs> it was just like the best tweet ever and, and yeah. waking up to that on Saturday morning was uh, pretty awesome. Yo that's cool you're in the loop man and I, I actually have a, a fun story just on an aside just because you know that one photo you you posted of all the 11s right uh -huh. um, uh, I've got a friend who's on Facebook I won't mention his name here because he's a little bit freaked out about the public world, but he's on Facebook under an alias of a different name, you know, mm -hmm. but he's, he saw me like a couple of your photos on Facebook and he was like, he, he sent me a private message. He's like, what the hell are these photos you're liking with a bunch of cross dressing white people wearing tube socks? I don't understand what the heck you're doing. And I, I just sent him a text or a, a message back. I'm like, dude, just there's a show called Stranger Things. It's on Netflix. Just give it a look. 
he he started watching it and he's all, yep, three episodes in, I'm hooked. So I just, and I said, and I told him, I'm like, well, great. Now a couple more episodes in, you'll be able to come back to that photo and look at it fondly as I did. So your photo helped to convert somebody who probably never would have given it a look just based on my like. See, together we can affect change. Exactly. We can. We can help support this little show that could. That's right. That's right. This poor little show that needs help getting over the hump. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but that panel was that panel was great. Um, I really I feel like I should have been on that panel. I'm like sitting there and I'm like looking through all the behind the scenes photos from set that I had. And I was like, I should be out there. I could be sharing. Oh, all you these totally photos. should be. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to reach out to them next year and see if I can I can hop on that panel. Um, but I did get to do one panel. I did the same one that I did at South by Southwest, which was the the rise of comic book culture uh, in relations to film and television. And we had a great turnout for that. That one was Sunday at four, which sadly for me was at the same time as the Jim Henson um, oh. puppet meetup. <laughs> but what can Duh. you do? Yeah, that's very <laughs> selfish. Those schedule makers. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Um, but that turned out really cool. We talked a lot about kind of, um, you know, which which comics are, are ha- have really made a huge impact or what TV shows have made a huge impact on um, geek culture as a whole. Uh, so that was a cool conversation to have. And we talked a little bit about Atlanta filming and how we kind of seem to have that on lockdown in terms of, I mean, we have so much that's filming here that's in the geek space, which is super cool. Um, So I talked a little bit about that and it was just a, it was a great panel. Uh, But overall, I mean, the highlight of Dragon Con anytime you go is, is just seeing all the familiar faces and all of the amazing costumes and um, just hanging out and having a good time. So in conclusion, Dragon Con was awesome. Did you see the parade? I did see the parade. I actually watched it on um, CW because it was early in the morning still for me. I was out pretty late on Friday night. So uh-huh. I woke up. I made myself some Eggos from the box that I carried around all day oh, um, and had myself some, some blueberry Eggos and coffee and watched the parade. That's uh, That actually sounds perfect. It that was sounds like nice little Saturday. Did uh, and that's the first time, isn't that the first time the parade was actually televised? It was, it was, um, it was definitely not as great as being down there. It was, it had a a lot of commercials and a lot of promotions in it for their partners with um, Moe's and Nether Netherworld and Six Flags, but um, it's definitely better than not seeing it at all. So it was, it was cool. Well, that's uh, that's a good weekend, uh, but yeah, like we said at the beginning. It was a little bit different for me because we are home now. We're home. That's Hence the closet, not in a lactation room, which is probably one of the most criminal ways ever to use a lactation room. But I don't think anybody was waiting in line. So worked out okay. And for those of you who don't understand why I would say that, last week for part of the episode, I recorded my part from a lactation room at Eggleston Children's Hospital. So there you have it. But anyways, we're home now. Zach's is home, and in fact, this morning, we had our first official just normal doctor's appointment, uh, the kind you'd have if you brought a baby home from the hospital without all the complications we had, and Zach's was given two thumbs up, uh, and and if I may brag for a moment, he's in the 96th percentile in terms of length. He's a, he's a weirdly uh, long baby, Aww. so 
So there you have that. Hopefully, he'll get my height and length and my wife's musculature, and I can bounce past a basketball to him uh, at his uh, third month mark. So <laughs> he can get some work in early. I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we uh, we're, we're officially home, and and now we're just kind of we're just kind of being parents that um. Uh, aren't getting sleep. They aren't nurses coming in every three minutes to check on him. And um, it's been awesome. Uh, yesterday, we actually snuck over. My good friend had a teeny tiny barbecue. So it was Zach's first ever barbecue backyard party. And it, you know, may as well be on Labor Day. And he just chilled. And uh, Mandy and I both had a beverage. And it was fantastic. Everything was good. So, oh my gosh, I guess this we're parents now. You are. <laughs> we're, we're unassisted parents. So <laughs> it's happening. Yes, ma'am. Which is uh, very exciting. I realize that uh, there were no celebrity interviews involved in that story, but uh, still very exciting. That, very exciting. That's yeah. an awesome weekend. I'm so happy for you guys. And I can't, I mean, I can't wait to meet. I can't wait to meet him. Oh, I can't wait. I was saying to Mandy, because we also this morning on the way back from our doctor's appointment, we stopped at a restaurant. We went to Egg Harbor Cafe. It was oh, our first solid choice. Yes. And we were telling everybody, like, listen, this is his first. Like, I was totally being that guy. This is his first ever restaurant experience. You know, I'm just <laughs> making a big deal. We took a photo. It was ridiculous. Um, but uh, it was cool. We, we ate with him at a restaurant. And I was saying to Mandy, I'm like, you know, this is very selfish of me. And I realize this is like newbie father talking. But I just kind of want to have a parade starring him so everyone can see how awesome this kid is. So, uh Soon, because uh, we, we've got to start introducing him to people. I'm just yeah. so excited that we are where we are. So, oh, man, I tell you, Mandy and I were also joking about the fact that, like, we were in that hospital for more than a month, right, including the nights that we stayed while Mandy was actually in labor. Right. And then all the complication, everything else. And it's it already feels like, whoa, what a surreal time in history that was. It's, like, really difficult to imagine yourself in that space. And we've only been away from it for what? like 50 hours or whatever. So, right. Ah, so great to be in a closet talking with you. Ah, so <laughs> there you have it. Well, cool. I'm going to want lots of Zach's stories on a regular basis. So you better have them <laughs> ready each week. We can we can follow, yeah. follow his life along. <laughs> right. Good Lord. Uh, feel free, uh, if you're a listener and you're sick and tired of Zach's stories, to say, Dear Atlas... That's enough, Zach's, and I will not be offended. Also, I, just as a quick aside, I was I was joking with um my dad actually because you know back in the day when when like when I was a baby, you you only had twenty four photos on the roll, you know, right. like your disposable camera. Otherwise, you had to kind of pick and choose your spots on when to take photos. But now that everything you have with you takes photos, it just it's really easy to go just ridiculously overboard, like. <laughs> The other day, Zach's was like laying in a way. I hadn't seen him lay yet. Like his hands were kind of stretched in a different direction. And guess who took a photo of it? Me. It's a completely unnecessary photo. Like when my kid gets older, he's going to be like, Dad, this is like a flip book of my life. Like there are more photos of me than there are not. Just take a break. But it's <laughs> it's tough when you have unlimited photos available, you know. No, so. that, that's true. Anytime you can uh, take a gazillion photo. I mean, that's that's the whole thing, right? If you take like a gazillion, you'll get one really good one. So right. it's it's good to have options, you know, because he could be blinking in one of those. I mean, you got to take some extra to make sure that his eyes are open and he's looking at you. And if you keep right. taking them, he might smile at you. So just keep right. taking them. <laughs> no, I know. But the, the total challenge is, is you take like a 100 photos to get that one good one. Eventually, you have to like go through and 
weed out all the bad ones. You know, oh. it's like um, it's like digital hoarders. That should be a show, you know, because <laughs> you end up with just like all of this data. I have it with like videos and, and especially raw photos taken from my camera. I think, oh, I'm going to go back through and weed out the ones that aren't that good. And then inexplicably... Or I always end up with like gigs and gigs and gigs of stuff on external drives that's on my to-do list, you know. Yeah. Anyways, I can this relate. is exciting content to be talking <laughs> about. Do you guys want to talk about storage management? That's fun. That's a fun topic. <laughs> well, let's get uh, let's get into some some fun stuff with the Dragon Con <laughs> interviews. Like my segue there. Yes, no, it's perfect. perfect. Did you talk um, to Alan uh, Tudyk about um, how he organizes and stores his digital media? You know, we didn't talk about that, but we did uh, talk about some digital stuff. He's got a uh, brand new game, which is based off of his uh, series that he has on um, Con TV, which is uh, Con Man the Game. You actually get to build your own convention. So if you've ever played <laughs> any of the Sim games before, think about it like that, but like you're running a convention. Um, so I haven't played it yet. It just came out. I'm like, really, I've been meaning to get home and download it because my internet connection was just not good at the convention. Everyone trying to, you know, be online at the same time. It just wasn't working out. But, um, but yeah, I haven't played it yet, but it's out. You can, you can download it. So do that and we can talk about how awesome it is next week and how successful our cons are. Um, (laughs) nice. I like it. I I will absolutely download it between now and then. (laughs) You and I, we should have like a con off. We should. Let's have a con off. It'll be perfect. <laughs> it's like it's like it's like con air, but you know, without Nicolas Cage, and it's called con off. Exactly. Forced. It was it's, a forced reference. You can say Chikai, that was a forced reference, but, and I'll agree with you. But no, this this game will will have Alan and we'll have um, uh, Nathan Fillion. So we still have celebrities in this version. Perfect. Yeah. So it's totally relevant reference. Not going to give you crap about it. Oh man, you're, you're you have such a pure soul, Thanks. Emma Loggins. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, this is the interview that I did with Alan Tudyk in the uh, media party room um, at the Marriott last Thursday. So please enjoy my my prompt interview with him. Boom shakalaka. Well, we won't keep you too long. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to meet you. Look at this. is obviously, this is your running things over here. Okay. You're on the higher level. And you see how oh, long You are. This is, uh, this is meant to be this way. So whoever is in charge can look down. I was like looking for like a cup. Yeah. Well done. So, do you just get in today? Yeah, I just got in, yeah, a few hours ago. Well, have you been to Atlanta before? I have. This is my this is my third Dragon Con. Third Dragon Con. It may be my fourth Con. This is my third. They all run together. They run together. <laughs> yeah, and I go to a lot of cons a year, but you can't. This one is unmistakable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The last time I was here, I remember a few things about it. So it's a big party. <laughs> it is. It's a lot more of a fan convention than like a convention convention. We're here because we just came out with it this week. You should totally get it if you haven't gotten it. Have you seen it yet? No. Check it out. So I'll just have it out while we're talking. Because I kind of need to look after my comments. Oh. 
uh, we're doing comment the game, and then I think there might be a comment panel. So this Josh Whedon has got to go get all my. Uh, he's got to get all my trash. He's emptying a trash can. And you set up. See, this guy's puking because I got to find his damn pills. He's the hardest. And see, these guys when they need bathrooms, you haven't built enough bathrooms. They start running around like a pee pee dance. So that was the fun thing about making a. Okay, now I'm upsetting all my condors. So now my con. See, it's all. That's awesome. Yeah, so you build your own con and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And uh, aliens will come down soon and start uh, catching things on fire. They start to burn your thing down, which is rough. But yeah, so now I gotta put this back because I'm gonna start just doing this. Anyway, um, that's awesome. Yeah, so we we just came out with this a week ago. It's based on the show Con Man, where it has the characters in the show, but you build your own con and keep everybody happy and take care of everybody, and then fight the aliens when they come. And Josh in it, and uh, Nathan's character, my character's in it. Kevin Smith does our security, which is nice. But, uh, <laughs> Anyway, see, it just doesn't stop. There we go. I like it, though. I grew up obsessed with, like, all the Sims games, SimCity, SimPower, so that's basically that with a connection. Yes, yes, so, yes. That's awesome. Cool. I hope you like it. It's yeah. Multi-level. It goes pretty deep. How did you guys come up with the idea to do that? We talked about a couple ideas. That was just the one that I always wanted, uh, to build your own con, to build it out, to make us their... I've been to so many, and they, they all have very they're, they have their own characteristics, but there's also a lot of similarities. The booths, uh, uh, vendors, the eating, the bathrooms, all of those things that are in there. The things that's really different about the cons and the in the game are the, the aliens that attack you. It's not happened at a con yet. I haven't, I have, no. I haven't seen it. Maybe this, I think if it's going to happen anywhere, it'll be a dragon. It'll be this. It'll be dragon town. Yeah, they can infiltrate really easy. <laughs> Somebody potentially snuck up onto the roof here and uh, was standing over that big atrium sort of window thing, making out with somebody. That was probably pretty cool if that ever happened. But I can't remember anything personal. looking forward to most this weekend with being here, aside from obviously the interacting with fans and, and right. all of that. Well, we're doing something different that, I mean, I, I usually get to meet fans signing and then, you know, doing panels and talking to everybody. And party like this. Uh, but we're throwing a party of our own for a comment the game, but it's just going to be people, we have a hall, come on down and just mingle, mingle, mingle with people. I think it's going to be a bar. That's like the DJ. I think it's just going to be like a little, little party. That's awesome. Never That's done anything like that. Like, let's just, you guys want to come by? Uh, download the game when you come in. And then come first. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You guys did a bunch of stuff at uh, Comic Con too with Con Man, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember seeing like all of the, the branding over there at the uh, Bayfront Hotel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but this has been such a. So great. We finished first season last last year. Two weeks, ten days, ten days, two weeks right before Comic Con San Diego. And it 
put together a trailer. It's been, a, it's been great. We got to go do a Hall H again. I mean, that is such a huge, huge honor because it's a big 6,000 people, uh, such a huge hall. But we also, this year, took footage from the back of Hall H that we're now using in, um, in the second season of Comics. Go to the Shaka Khan, which is the biggest con, and um, Nathan's characters, he, he, Jack Moore, is on board to make Spectrum the movie, which will basically be like a Firefly movie. And we're, we're announcing it in the Hall H of Shaka Khan. Uh, and so we, we're using footage of Hall H, and we were actually on stage with it. Digitally replacing it. Talk about like reality and fiction kind of all come together. So that was my interview with Alan. Uh, I should probably explain the beginning so of that. <laughs> Again, so jealous. That guy is so awesome. Seriously. He, I don't know. Also in 42, he was the overtly racist guy in 42. Do you remember? He was. He was. He had a powerfully a dramatic and very annoying performance. And I'm like, even that guy can do that. He's a good actor. Anyway, sorry. I'll get out of your way. What were you going to say about that, that little <laughs> interview that I'm not jealous of at all? <laughs> so the, the beginning of it, it was funny. We sat down and I was kind of, um, when I started recording, I was kind of, you know, gushing over how awesome he was and what an honor it was to talk to him. And it was funny because we sat down in this little side room off of this hotel suite and you couldn't tell it when we sat down but um once we were in the in the chairs we realized that he had picked a much lower chair than than i so i was like towering over him at this desk doing this interview um so that was his reference in the beginning about knowing who was uh you know who was in charge of this situation um i was sitting probably two feet higher than he was that's spectacular that's very <laughs> um it's very andy kaufman of you <laughs> Well, he he chose the comfier chair. He just didn't choose the taller chair. So, what can you do? <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so you had that interview with him, but mm-hmm. then there was that because you were kind of talking to the guy who actually has a lot to do with behind the scenes of the entire operation, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, Dan Carroll, who those of you may know if you've been to Project Cosplay, he's been a judge, I think, at all but two, I want to say all but two of our, our Project Cosplays. And of course, he was a judge on the Project Cosplay that we did at DragonCon as well. So um, he's he's no stranger to our, to our little fan circle, um, <laughs> but super great guy. He runs media relations at DragonCon and basically works with a, uh, a team of people to secure interviews for us and set up media access and also represent the convention and give give little interviews like uh, he did for me on the convention. So that is our next interview with media relations director Dan Carroll. All right. So this Dragon Con versus all the other Dragon Cons, what's different and exciting for you for this one? Well, I think a lot of things. First off, uh, the way the city has embraced Dragon Con today is Dragon Con Day, uh, according to the mayor of Atlanta. Uh, he made this Dragon Con weekend. He welcomes Dragon Con in a way that 20 years ago, nobody would have even assumed that Dragon Con would be considered a cool thing in Atlanta, and now we're cool. Plus, we've got the largest parade in Atlanta, and that's going to be on TV this year on the Atlanta CW. 
That's awesome. It's going to be live, too. Yeah, no, have you been to Parade? I have. It's you fantastic. have to line up really early if you want a good seat for that. Absolutely. Like 6 a.m. early. Well, I don't think 6 a.m. is necessary, but now you can watch it from home, so That's maybe true. the crowds will be a little more manageable. I may watch it from home. Just because I'm going to stay out late on Friday night. There you go. You yeah. can even watch it. You can even watch it late at night during prime time on Saturday. Oh, they're going to replay it. It's going it. to be rebroadcast at okay. 8 a.m. So you can go enjoy your party, sleep until noon, like and it. not miss the parade this year. That was smart thinking. That was very smart <laughs> thinking. And of course, it's going to be available streaming. Awesome. And for those people who are DragonCon attendees and DragonCon fans, you're still going to get the original DCTV feed to your hotel room through DCTV. Nice. I love everything that happens with that. Now, do you have any involvement with everything that goes on as far as all of the media that they put together for that? Well, here's what really happens. I don't do anything with DragonCon. I just talk about it after <laughs> other people have done cool you stuff. You do a lot. Don't downplay it. No, but, but my response is actually to be the spokesman for the event and manage media. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for advertising. I'm not responsible for promotions. We actually have a different department that does that. And the DragonCon TV folks have been doing an amazing job uh, sharing and creating content o- over the years. They do. I mean, every year there's something really clever and witty and new, and I just love it. I love that they're continually creative with it. Absolutely. And I love the fact that we have uh, embraced our late, I'm sorry, the early show? No, the late show. The late show at DragonCon, which is aired every morning on DCTV. Nice. For the people who are getting in very, very early in the day. Yep. Um, And I like the fact that um, they can mix that panels, they can mix their bumps that they're famous for and then also that original content Uh, while you and I were getting ready for this interview I was watching some DCTV myself saw some old classic stuff from the uh, 2010, 2011 saw some steampunk stuff saw some really really cool uh, old segments uh, featuring parodies and we still have those and they're still available I love that I love that What's super cool to me um, about this convention, aside from the, there, there's a fan familyness to this that you don't get at any other convention. There's just a, a family geekdom, people that aren't seeing each other but once a year, coming together, celebrating, reuniting, sure, and then dressing up. And you and I have mutual friends that we've yes. just talked to who have come in from Brooklyn. They've come in from San Francisco. They've come in from L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and to me, that that's important. In our mission statement for DragonCon Media Relations, we actually say, remember at all times, DragonCon is family. It is. And we're the spokesperson for that family. We are that family. And the great thing about it is it's not a closed family. This is not clickishness. This is not snobbery. This is welcoming everybody who comes to DragCon as a potential new member of the family. Right. There's some point over, I, I would say since 2000, and it's debatable when it happened, when Geek became cool. 
like we went from it being a, a thing where people felt like outcast to now it being you loved comics that's mainstream and of course Marvel movies had a huge part of that but if you had to look at geek culture as a whole what do you think was the turning point between you know geek being not necessarily a good thing to being the new cool well, I got, a, I got a theory about that. I think it has to do with the folks who are 35 and under, maybe 40 and under, having a different experience growing up than those older. When I was a kid, I remember being asked why I was reading Dune on a, on a school bus, why I was reading a book at all. And, and I read comic books. I introduced comic books to my school, and that was not considered cool at all. Um, but, but I didn't have video games. And I didn't grow up with a Nintendo, and I didn't grow up with with the amazing cartoons that were available to younger kids in the 90s. I, I refer to that period as a Warner Brothers Revolution, but also Disney. Yeah. Um, so folks were introduced to Animaniacs, so nerdiness through that. And Batman the Animated Series still continues to be one of the greatest animated series ever created. So it was a gateway. And, and everybody, uh, Emma, you, uh, did you, how many consoles did you have, gaming consoles in your a house? Lot. Uh, a lot. <laughs> I had to fight for them, though. There you go. Because yeah. <laughs> your parents were not. They thought that they would rot my, my, right. my mind. But I honestly believe that that was my kind of gateway into the tech world. Absolutely. And the tech world is also the gateway into nerdiness because right. the growth of nerdiness is so tied to the presence of the internet. Right. And, you know, to, it, once you start getting online and, and, you know, for my kids, the Animaniacs were a great example because in 1994, when the internet was still pretty fresh and new, we, um, wow, we had a resource called the Cultural Guide, which was just about the Animaniacs and about right. what was referenced in every, every. and I, I know I'm blowing on the Animaniacs, but that's not the whole story here. But in 1995, I had the opportunity to meet Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, and both of them uh, came to Atlanta, and they asked us how we found out about it, and we said, well, we saw it on the Internet. And they stopped us, and they asked us about how we use the Internet as a family. And there was us using the fan internet to build our fandom. My kids, even the ones who are not nerdy as adults, grew up being involved with Harry Potter, role-playing games online. Uh, that's just one example I could go on. But they grew up with this as being normal. Here we are at DragonCon. This is our culture. And kids who were doing this when they were 9, 10, 11 are adults now, and they're enjoying it, and they're loving it. Whereas those of us who were, uh, even myself, I was not a Doctor Who fan in the 70s. I did not enjoy Doctor Who. I like Doctor Who now. But I also can support my loving Doctor Who by what I enjoy on the internet. Right. We have to also touch on the cosplay here. Because I feel like the cosplay here is far and beyond cosplay at all other conventions. And you go to more conventions outside of Atlanta than I, I do. do. So I'm going to... This yeah. is what people in Atlanta know about the convention. And uh, I 
always say that the reason Atlanta embraces DragonCon and the reason DragonCon grows in Atlanta is Atlanta's a city where people do things. You know, there's an old joke uh, when you meet somebody from Macon, you ask them what church they go to. If you ask somebody from Savannah, uh, the question you're going to ask is, what drink will you have? And in Atlanta, you ask, what do you do? Because this is a city where people do things. And one of the things they do is make costumes. Um, you know, yourself as well as I do, there's so many costume shops, places where people can work cooperatively to develop costumes here in town. That wasn't there 10 years ago. It's there because of Dragon Con, and vice versa. Dragon Con thrives because of it. So that's my feeling about costumes. Do you have a favorite costume that you've seen over the years? I do, Cosplay. but believe it or not, it was it's, it's been about 10 years. Okay. And somebody wore a Galactus costume that made him look like he was 12 feet tall. That's and amazing. it was incredible. It was uh, purple where it needed to be, pink where it needed to be, and it was shiny. It looked like it was made out of metal, and obviously it wasn't. But man, it was, and this was before the days where foam blown costumes were common. Right. So that's, that's impressive. Right. It is still to this day my second Dragon Con. That's still my favorite costume. It's awesome. So last question for you, because I know you, you have to you have to go talk to everybody. Um, top three tips you would give anyone coming to Dragon Con? Use the app and make a plan. That's one. It's two parts, but it's one. <laughs> um, be willing to open yourself up to new experiences. Uh, and, and new fandoms. And remember, everybody here, this is number three, remember everybody here who's a nerd is looking for other nerds. You'll meet friends here. Be open to friendship. That's solid advice. It is. <laughs> Can I give you a fourth one? Yes. It, even though it's going to be cooler this year at a Dragon Con, when you listen to this, it might be next year. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Yeah. Plenty of water. It's it's hot and humid in Atlanta, and not everybody's used to it. It's really hot right now. It is this hot. It's hot, right? It's like a greenhouse. It's, it's hot in the hotel. Yes. It's hot right now. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you very I much. I appreciate your time. Um, so that was my interview with Dan. We actually stepped out of the, the party to do that interview in the hallway of Marriott. So it was uh, it was always really cool to to talk with people that kind of see the behind the scenes stuff of the convention and really kind of seen it grow over the years, too. I mean, he's been he's been with the convention for a long time. So being able to, to talk to him about the changes over the years and, you know, what really separates Dragon Con from other conventions is is definitely an interesting conversation. And I think that anyone that's been to Dragon Con can can definitely agree that it's the the convention where you you look forward to it all year because you're going to be reuniting with this this nerd family that you have that is all super super passionate about the the same shows and movies and fandoms that you are and being able to to spend time with those people that you may only get to see once a year. There's just something super, super special about that. And I think that's what Dragon Con's really about. That's cool. And now I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. Uh, you can only go to one convention, oh, San Diego wow. Comic Con or Dragon Con. Which is it going to be? See, I can't even compare the two because if you asked me out of out of the year my favorite convention, it would hands down be Dragon Con because for me... 
again, not not only am I getting to hang out with my my press friends that come into town for it, but I'm also getting to hang out with my local media friends too, and kind right. of merge those two crowds together, and even some some friends that I just have that are there um, and hanging out. It's it's the one time of year when like everyone's together. So if I had to pick between the two, even though San Diego Comic Con is is such a um, I mean, that's a work convention and not to say that I don't work at Dragon Con because we definitely still do coverage and still do interviews. But it is a lot more about um, friends and cosplay and, you know, hanging out, whereas we're just running constantly, not eating any food and doing interviews and doing parties at at Comic-Con. So I like the slower pace and and the, the fan family aspect more of Dragon Con. You're good. I'm ready to vote you into Congress based on that politically correct, perfect answer. Well, Thank well you. done. Thank well you. done. Mm. <laughs> I do what I can. Yes, ma'am. Um, but yeah, so those are our two surprise interviews for this week. Because last week I didn't know that those were going to be our two interviews, and you asked me last week what our surprises were going to be. So. I did ask if there were going to be any surprises, and boom, surprises. Surprises. There will always be surprises. <laughs> it's true. Like, even for next week, I don't know what interviews we will have. So that will be a surprise, too. <laughs> Always surprising. Actually, speaking of surprises, this is kind of fun. I mentioned it, I think, the episode before last. Again, show has nothing to do with Atlanta at all. But I think it's a pretty damn good show. It's called Narcos. Uh, totally being a homer because I'm bragging on behalf of my friend Eric, who plays a uh, CIA agent or kind of the head of the CIA in this show. Um, but it was renewed for season three. And... You said also season four was announced? Is yeah, that right? they confirmed season three and season four. So that's pretty awesome. I don't know why they can do that, but they can't confirm like the next 10 seasons of Stranger Things. But that's another topic. <laughs> the next 10 seasons. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Yeah. All right. And finally, these guys are like in their 30s being like, man, this stuff is getting stranger and stranger, isn't it? We'll go to like the early 90s and then Game Boys will start being a thing. Anyways, I, I, I would totally watch that. I'll still be watching it 10 seasons from now. But <laughs> nice. congratulations, though, for your friend. I, I keep hearing people talk about this show, and I need to watch it. I've heard it's spectacular. It is a really good show. And I must admit, I, he, I've only gotten halfway through the third episode. Uh, I would uh, it, it would have been binge-watched already, if not for, you know, New Kid Hospital, that whole nine. But uh, I must say, he's got an epic entrance into the show which is really fun cool so, and also super nerdy thing to admit do you remember the movie event horizon yeah okay yeah see i <laughs> love that movie and one of the guys in the cast one of the black dudes in event horizon i don't know his name is in narcos and he's in a scene next to eric and i'm like dude just so you know that guy to your right in that scene I loved him in Event Horizon. I hope he's not an asshat. And uh, Eric said his name is Richard. I don't know his last name, which is horrible, but I haven't IMDb'd him. But Eric said he's a great guy, which warmed my soul. So Aww. it's a one degree of separation. It's super fun to know a guy that gets to act with the guy that was in Event Horizon. I loved Event Horizon. I did too. It's a super <laughs> scary movie. I, I had a, a blast with that movie. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to rewatch that movie. Act. It's been a while. Oh my gosh, but that was a really good movie. Yeah, I, I. It's one of my. I mean, the movie. It, it's like kind of that thing that falls apart a little bit at the end. But oh my gosh, the build up for the. Oh, love that movie. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> I love. This is what's fun about this show. We can just suddenly start talking about Event Horizon, which is a great, well, underrated, it's a perfect. Film. 
it's a perfect uh, intro into uh, the the next part of our podcast, which I forgot to put on our outline, which is our box office results for the box weekend. Box office results. <laughs> that was the tag song I've been working on. Needs a little work. Uh, you know, it's coming along. It's coming along. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, well, Don't Breathe came in first again for a second wow. week in a row. Yeah, it uh, brought in $15.8 million. And it's kind of a slow weekend, which I guess it's kind of Labor Day weekend. Everyone's out for their last hurrah of summer, so they're not really in the movies or in at the movie theater. Uh, but the film has made uh, $55.2 million to date, and of course the production budget was $10 million. So we'll definitely be seeing a Don't Breathe 2, I'm sure. <laughs> and probably a 3, 4, 5, and maybe a 6. Exactly, exactly. Um the Sony Worldwide President of Marketing and Distri- Distribution, uh, Josh Greenstein, said that to more than double your production budget on an opening weekend is a fantastic result. It's the latest in a string of low-budget movies that have been very profitable for Sony, including The Shallows and Sausage Party. <laughs> uh, so, and, and Sausage Party is still doing great, too. Yeah. It uh, ca- came in fifth and brought in $5.2 million this weekend. Uh, Pete's Dragon lands in fourth with $6.2 million, and Kubo and the Two Strings in third with 6.3 and of course Suicide Squad holding on to the second spot this weekend with 9.8 million boosting its domestic take to over 3 million in its fifth week of release 300 million right oh 300 sorry yeah. yes 300 million and uh, I had to look up Ben-Hur just based on our conversation from last week uh, curious how that was doing and what would be its its third week uh, it's now in 15th Ooh. Yeah, and it's uh, made it made two point two million this weekend, bringing the total to twenty three point seven million. And of course, that movie took a hundred million dollars uh, to make for the production budget. Oof! So, Oof! Yeah, well, didn't work out so well. Again, it makes me root for like, oh, maybe not every movie needs to have explosive three D special effects. And to make you feel chafed walking out of the door. Look at all the 3D sand. Maybe the sand <laughs> doesn't need to be 3D. Maybe maybe the, the script could be proofread and then filmed. Maybe that's the lesson. Maybe, just maybe. 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 <laughs> you know, uh, the Pete's Dragon is interesting to me because uh, Jungle Book did so well, right? right. So, and I thought, oh, Disney's got their new thing. But Disney kind of, I mean, like Pirates of the Caribbean, people forget that it came from almost a trilogy of movies based on rides. They did Pirates of the Caribbean, the country, what, not the Country Bears. What's the, the Country Bear Jamboree, I think was a live action film and Haunted Mansion with Eddie Murphy. Mm-hmm. They kind of like right. Disney tried to make their three out of ride movies. And obviously one of them uh, did pretty well. Pirates right. of the Caribbean. And I'm wondering, cause I thought, oh, Disney's got their new tactic. They're going to live actionize a lot of their classics. And I'm wondering if Pete's Dragon derailed that at all. I mean, I Pete's Dragon, the original one, was one of my favorite movies as a kid. It was that yeah. and Newsies. Those two two movies were my jam. I still have the soundtrack for Pete's Dragon on vinyl. Um, that's awesome. That's something that I have, and I still know the words to all of the songs from that movie. That being said, I didn't see this last version, so I can't really, I can't really talk about how it compares um but i don't really feel like it was there was as much attention to it from a marketing standpoint as there has been some of disney's other films and even jungle book jungle book was a uh uh more well-known you know disney movie than pete's dragon i feel like a lot of people 
at least back in the 80s, you know, oh, yeah. when I was a huge fan of it, no one really knew. Like, I talked to my friends about it, and they'd be like, what? Pete's oh, Dragon? Yeah. It was like that, and they had, like, bed knobs and broomsticks and, right. um, you know, a whole a whole string of those that I feel like nobody actually knew about. <laughs> so I'm not sure if there was enough brand awareness kind of going into Pete's Dragon, even though it had a stellar cast. Um, I don't know. I don't know what went wrong with that one. Well, it's uh, it's actually mostly favorable reviews. If you look at IMDb, it's got a Metascore right. of seventy one, and that's it's that's pretty good. That's worth seeing, you know. So I, I, I don't know. Well, here's what here's what I'll admit. You know, I first saw the um, uh, the teaser trailer for it, and and based on kind of like you know sometimes you see those teaser trailers that reveal very little, and based on it being that kind of teaser trailer, I thought, oh, that must be like a year away, you know. So I was actually kind of surprised how quickly after that showed up that the film came. You know, right. it seems like it would have been a more built up release. But yeah, so I, I'm like, I'd be curious to see it because I also love Peach Dragon back in the day. Um, but I, I, I will admit, man, we've been on a uh, with Zach's. I've been on a kick with I Want to Be Like You from the original Jungle Book. I've been singing right. the heck out of that song. That's a good song. <laughs> it's like they're see, all gonna, I mean, all going to come back. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think that's that's what so there's so much success with these Disney movies. It's it's the nostalgia factor of the, you know, parents taking their kids to see it when they saw it, you know, when they were little. And I just don't know that Pete's Dragon had that much of an initial fan following, whereas, you know, um, Jungle Book certainly did. And I think Pirates of the Caribbean, I don't even really think you can kind of compare those just because of the the sheer size of that movie. And um you know, it's not really in the the same ballpark with the others. But even like with Beauty and the Beast coming up with Emma Watson, I think that's going to be a huge success just because there were so many people that saw Beauty and the Beast in my generation and loved that movie and had all the toys from it. And the same thing with the live action Little Mermaid, which I still have no idea how that's going to work. Oh, boy. But, yeah. Um, well, you know, Beauty and the Beast, that was the first animated film to ever be nominated for Best Picture, I think. It was. It might be it the was. only. Now that I think, I mean, not that we're playing a trivia game, but I think I know it was the first ever traditionally animated film, right? Nominated for Best Picture. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like it's. I don't know. You just have a more built-in fan following with some of these films than you do with with uh, my beloved Little Pete's Dragon. Um, I don't know very many people that like the original, so you're one of the, the few that's on the same page as me. Well, I loved because it, it, it mixed uh, it mixed live action with animation, which is totally the shortcut to my heart. And I remember, here's what I'll totally admit to you: I loved it, but I I will admit that I don't remember it well. Like because I saw it as a little kid, you know, like back when the the VHS came in those like huge gigantic plastic yep. Disney boxes, you know. That, like, <laughs> I had it. <laughs> yeah, like nine times bigger than any thank you, Disney. I have no place to put this in my home now because it's nine feet by three feet or whatever. Um <laughs> but yeah, I, I I would love to re-see it. A lot of those old movies. But yeah, Disney's got this weird because I think that was like because uh Black Cauldron I think was around that same era and yep. nobody remembers that movie. And then exactly. you rewatch it and you're like, oh that's why. It's not uh it's got a lot of bouncy boob jokes in it, which is a little inappropriate. You know, that's I'm scared to watch, rewatch the original Pete's Dragon for that reason. Like, what if it's not as amazing as I thought it was when I was like 10? You know, it's <laughs> it's going to break my heart because um, there's a lot of a lot of uh, movies and TV shows I've gone back and I've watched. And I was like, oh, really? Wow. You know, uh, do you remember the movie Never Ending Story? Yeah. With, oh, course. my gosh. When I was a kid. Just the most amazing film ever. And I rewatched it as a grown up. Still a huge nerd for puppets and everything. And it's 
there's still some amazing creature designs, like the rock eater and stuff. It's just spectacular. But like the movie kind of doesn't make any sense. Like <laughs> it, it like didn't age well. And uh, what's the name of the dragon? I know Atreyu is the name of the kid that rode the dragon. Atreyu. But what's the name of the Falcor? Fal Falcor. Yes, of Falcor. course, Falcor, <laughs> Falcor. But Falcor, like if you watch it now, they, like his mouth moves nowhere near what he's talking about. But it, when I was a kid, didn't question <laughs> didn't it at all. It. But now he looks like a bad dubbed over, like karate movie. It's so bad. But when I was a kid, I bought every. So it's it's weirdly one of those that didn't age well. Anyways, that that always comes to top of mind when I think about a movie that was absolutely top of its game for when I saw it as a kid, and then uh oh, when I got older. You know, <laughs> well, it happens. Um, we are going to have some awesome uh, stuff for next week, including a review of Sully, which I'm seeing tonight. So I've heard nothing but good things about it so far. All yeah. the reviews seem really positive. So that that bodes well for another Atlanta made movie. And I, I can't imagine a, a Clint Eastwood and Tom Hanks movie not being awesome. I so. know it is tough. It is tough to picture that being a turd, isn't it? Especially yeah. when you're talking about like such an epic <laughs> true story at the core of it exactly yeah exactly so i'm going in with high expectations hopefully Uh-oh. it will Uh-oh. live up to those dangerous <laughs> dangerous <Danger zone. laughs> what was the one nothing like uh, the secret live of pets when you're like i'm just gonna go in i expect it to be the best movie of the summer no pressure Sully. hope no you can live pressure. up to being wonderful <laughs> um but also speaking about movie related awesomeness that we're going to be talking about next week um atlanta movie tours has something super super cool coming up this saturday in partnership with uh, uh marvel and disney do you want to talk a little bit about that well disney home entertainment uh it's very okay. exciting because uh it's um it's the first time that like disney reached out to them about doing this tour for the release of captain america civil war being released to home video so it's actually very exciting for atlanta movie tours because they're actually working with the company that's distributing the film and help make the film. So it's a huge win for us, uh, which is very exciting. And uh, I mean, it's not open to the public, but don't worry, ye listeners, as Emma Loggins has secured a seat aboard the exciting exclusive event. But it's uh, we're all very excited about it, obviously. I mean, um, I'm certainly proud of the little company that could to be right uh, on on the front lines of the release of Captain America Civil War, which is a Frankly, it's a big movie, much bigger than Ben-Hur. Just throwing that yes. out there. Yes. Yes. Much, much more successful than Ben-Hur. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's that's huge. And it's really awesome that they're getting to work with uh, Disney Home Entertainment on this. Um, yeah. I'm excited to see what all that's going to entail. Uh, so we'll definitely be talking about that next week. And then just so it's on everybody's calendars, because it needs to be <laughs> third Thursday of every month. Uh, Project Cosplay is coming up on September 15th, again at 9 p.m. at Joystick. And this theme for or the theme for this month is going to be TV since we have the Emmys coming up the the following Sunday. Um, So favorite TV characters. And I'm either going to be going as Darlene from Mr. Robot or Eleven from Stranger Things. Uh (laughs) Haven't haven't decided yet. So uh, we'll see if I can get my. uh, my little family, my little Mr. Robot family back together, then I'll go as Darlene. Nice. But, um, yeah, this should be a really good one. So I encourage everyone to um, not only come and have a drink and watch the show, but come dressed up as a character from your favorite TV show. You don't have to go all out in it. Um, my, my Darlene costume was pretty minimal effort. I only had... The only thing that took a little bit of effort was the wig. The wig got a little obnoxious, but... Um, <laughs> 
come dress dressed up as your favorite characters, um, support support the fandoms you love, and watch the mess that will be Project Cosplay. Oh, I love it. Oh, it will be it will be great. Uh, but yeah, that's that's all we have for for episode twenty three. You got anything else on your end, guy? Oh my gosh, I have a lot of stuff on my end, but I'm going to go see a doctor about that. <laughs> Probably best. Hey, oh, hey, <laughs> we're having fun. Uh, no, that's all I've got. It's uh, it's just uh, at the risk of being redundant. It is wonderful to be home. So I'm so happy for you guys. Yes, um, ma'am. So. Yeah, that's it for this week, then. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Again, my name is Emma Loggins, Editor-in-Chief at Fanbolt. And my name is Yukai Mikkelsen uh, with Atlanta Movie Tours. And we'll see you guys next week. Boom shakalaka. Bye. Bye.